Welcome to Map It Marketing for small business owners who want to become more confident and capable in their marketing. I'm Rachel Claver, and I'm a small business owner just like you. I've learned that there are so many different things that we are supposed to do all the time. And trying to work it all out is quite frankly often very confusing. In this podcast, we're going to explore what those things are and whether you need to pay attention to them. Ready? Let's get started. Welcome to episode 25 of Map It Marketing. It's Rachel Claver, your host here today, and we are going to be talking together about the lessons I learned from being a people pleaser and how it impacted my business in a very negative way. Before we start, I would love it if you came along to our Facebook group, Map It Marketing, to come and be part of that. And I do also want to say, as we head into this episode 25, which is almost at our six-month mark, I am so thankful for you. I am thankful for the comments I get, the feedback I get, the emails I get. I'm thankful for those of you that talk about me in random Facebook groups and tell people that you like my podcast. You have absolutely made this the most pleasurable journey for me. And I'm so thankful that you're enjoying me talking to myself and you and to other people. And I love hearing the way that the stories that I've used with other people have inspired you. So thank you for that. Now today we're going to get quite personal about my people-pleasing journey and the way I've learned, and I need to tell you, I'm not fixed yet. I think it's really hard to undo a whole lifetime of people-pleasing, and there were many areas where my life was broken because I'd had an, an abusive marriage, my first marriage, other things had happened, and I'd made some pretty difficult choices that reflected the way I saw myself, and so there was a lot of broken things there that made me want to please people. I don't know where you're at with that, but if things in here trigger you or make you feel awful, that is the last thing I want to happen today. So please listen to it, learn from me, but do go and get help or support if you need it, um, if you need to walk through this stuff, or, or just come and talk about it in the Mappet group. Um, I would love for you to learn from my mistakes, but please don't also feel terrible um, by listening to this if anything kind of triggers you off. Right. Let's get started. We're going to jump right on. I'm going to be as honest and open as I can. And at the end, we'll talk a little bit about some things that you can do to start creating the boundaries and the good behaviors, positive behaviors around not being a people pleaser. Hopefully you won't recognize anything in here yourself, but I am definitely going to be listening to it and go, boy, do I still have stuff I need to learn. Let's get ready. And welcome to the Mappet Marketing Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I am excited. This is actually an episode that is me talking to you. And I'm going to be sharing a lot about my own personal journey um, of being a people-pleasing, recovered person. Um, And I'm going to be pretty open It may not always put me in the best light, but I think it's really important for us to talk. Now, if you're watching the video, you can see I am still sitting recording in my walk-in wardrobe. I'm recording this during level four lockdown for it to go live in a couple of weeks. Um, And I am here because it's the best sound place for me, which is really important because I did did one a few weeks ago and it was something it frustrated me. So that's why we're here in the closet together not going to be making a huge announcement about being in the closet however all right so we're going to talk about people pleasing um 
I think that a lot of us, um, a lot of the business owners I work with often have quite poor boundaries because we want to help people. We often get into business because we want to help people and want to serve them. We want to make people feel good. And often we're coming in with quite broken boundaries from our whole life that starts to impact things. And I could do a whole other thing around how people pleasing can impact your personal life, believe me. But what I really want to talk about is how it can impact your marketing and your business and your business growth, because I think that's really important. Um, I was quite late to the piece around letting my people pleasing ways go. I really only started working on this probably about four or five years ago in in depth. Um, I think before that, I was so focused on trying to make everyone else happy that I didn't realize I had a right to be happy myself. And I think um, even though like for me, meeting Rod and marrying Rod and having that years ago, um, I I think we met eight, eight, nine years ago, that was probably my first step forward of going, I can actually meet a nice guy. I can actually date a nice guy. I can be with a nice guy. I can marry a nice guy. And I think that was the first, probably the first step. I remember before that happened, someone saying to me, why do you always want the want the best things for everybody else and don't want it for yourself? And I suddenly went, oh my gosh, that is quite a flawed way of re- thinking. Um, but it really wasn't until um, everything came crashing down with Identify and I had people accuse me of stuff that I knew I hadn't meant or done or felt at all and realized that actually they had a valid reason for seeing that because I had been so focused on people pleasing. I had bent my boundaries around what I valued. I bent my boundaries around how I actually wanted to live my life to try and fit in with people who had different values and boundaries to mine and doesn't make them wrong. Everyone's got different ones, but what happened was I broke, I was broken and I wasn't doing the right thing. And as a business owner, it really caused major issues around how I saw the value of what we did. I have values around the type of people we work with. I have values around the people we attracted to work with us in our business, everything. And so I want to go through, I've got like a little list here um, and I'm going to walk through a few things. I've actually got seven things that it really makes a difference on. And excuse me if you hear a bit of moving around been sitting on me um sitting doing this on the floor for a while today so had a few walks in between um but I want to talk to you about a few things um I think one of the biggest things that I found heartbreaking <laughs> as a people pleaser is I, I am one of those people that if someone's got a strong accent next to me within about 14 14 15 minutes I'm going to start taking on some of the accent and it's not because I'm copying them to mimic and make light of them or whatever. It's actually because I'm wanting to, I instinctively want to um, empathetically feel like I'm relating to them better. Um, and I like, I feel like I used to always say that I was a chameleon, um, that I would slot into everywhere. I don't think that I would slot into everywhere anymore. There's definitely places I wouldn't feel comfortable. And I think a lot of people pleasers, Uh, We are chameleons. We are very good at blending in and fitting with everything else, but we can so easily end up blending into areas that do not align with our values. And what will happen is we'll blend in and then we'll realize it's not right. And we'll say something that's more aligned with our values at a later date. And the people who saw us blend in during that period of time, it doesn't relate and compute to the person that they saw see later on. Um, And so it seems it seems like there's a du- duplicity here that we're not being honest. And I think one of the biggest things is that with people pleasing is that 
it is so easy for us to not look trustworthy when actually the only thing we're seeking is to look trusted. Um, you know, you shift to accommodate. I was an accommodator. I'd shift and just accommodate to everybody. And every now and again, there'd be a boundary that would go over. I go, no, I'm not going to do that. And people were like, but you've always been accommodating. And, and, it, and it means that people can in- interpret that even if you're desiring for it to be just totally you trying to help and be what they want to do and who they are. People can interpret it as lying or trickery and don't see it that way. And I think, and and I can see how they do that. Um, now I can see that. Um, but I think that's probably the hardest thing that was the hardest thing for me as a people pleaser to understand was that my people pleasing was actually causing people to trust me less. Um, that was the thing I think that made me feel the most devastated. Um, I think when you're people pleasing too, you want everyone to be happy. So let's talk about it when it comes to selling. Um, when you're selling and you're saying as a people pleaser, you want everyone else, you want everyone to accept it. So you either will price everything so low um, that you can manage it, or you might just um, be heartbroken when they say no. I do like I'm pretty cold about it now. If someone says no, I'm like, great, you're not my target market, moving on. But definitely when I first started Identify, if someone said no to a proposal, I could be in bed for a couple of days, Um, at least metaphorically. Like I could just be feeling, walking around going, I don't know how I can live. My business is going to fail. And I used to take it so hard. But I also know that I used to not present my offers with confidence because I was so scared that someone would reject me, which you don't want to have as a people pleaser, that I wasn't presenting things in a way that people want to buy. Plus, when you don't present with confidence and someone says yes, you are only attracting people who like the fact you're not confident. And you can't do your best work if you're not confident in what you do. So you attract people who are going to make you feel worse. This is the crazy thing. They are attracted to the fact you're not confident. They're attracted to the fact that you can be, um, you can move and chameleon yourself into what they want to do even if it goes against what you believe. And I think that is the other thing is that when we have a people-pleasing thing in business, we end up attracting the wrong kind of clients for us, people who we can't do the best work for. Um, And we do often, you know, um, we often price our services and instead of at our true value, we price them at what we feel that people are going to do because we're scared that we're not going to keep a client happy. And we'll often like, do we need to work harder and longer to do that? I think that's one of the biggest things with this is that when we price ourselves lower, we have to take more work on to keep going. And so that people-pleasing thing, we want to make sure we deliver that. We don't want to say no to work because we have to take it on because it's lower. But we also have to say, don't want to say no to work because we are so pleased that someone wants to work with us that we say yes, even if we don't have the capacity and then it's easy to become overloaded. And this is something that I got really tested on last year because we've actually been working, I've been working really hard on that. And last year during COVID-19, there was funding from the New Zealand government and we were taking on all the work. And I ended up having to, I was terrified that if I said no, the tap would stop. And we grew our business, it was great, but I was working seven days a week. And there was a point where I went, hang on a minute, what is going on here? Am I people pleasing myself to death here? Am I taking on clients that don't suit the way we work? Am I taking on clients that don't fit the way we can do ourselves best? And we started saying no to some people who weren't going to be a good fit for us. 
And it's a brave thing to do, but when you're a people pleaser and you want to keep everyone happy, it's a hard thing to do. So first we've talked about, you know, um, you know, people might find it hard to trust you. So these are things that you could be thinking about. Do am I am I shifting too much? And that's why people aren't trusting me and why I'm attracting people who, you know, don't really respect me and respect my boundaries. Um, are you presenting your your office without confidence? Are you presenting a way that people are um, not taking it on or seeing the value in what you do because you're not selling it in the way that would make them feel confident? Or are you attracting people who are attracted to your lack of confidence, which means you're not creating those great clients? Um, And are you presenting your price? Are you presenting the pricing of what you do at a value that's lower to what you that you actually have simply because you don't really value, which means you're having to work longer hours or you're overworked, which puts you at risk of not developing. So let's take that on because you're overloaded. Perhaps you've taken on more work than you should. Um, or you may be working outside your skill set. Boy, did I learn this one. We grew a whole agency around me not working in my skill set. And it meant that we weren't always creating. We wanted, I wanted to please people saying, yes, we can do this. But I wasn't saying, no, we can't do this, but because that's not a skill set. So I'm going to tell you right now, you come to me and you say you need SEO help. I am not your person. I am your person for great overall um, basic SEO as part of a a marketing strategy. I'm your person if you want to work through confidence coaching. I'm your person if you want to work through content marketing and creating that. But if it's SEO, I'm not. Now, I wouldn't have been able to say that um, five, six years ago because I would have been terrified that I would have someone come up and say, liar, you can't be a marketer if you can't do SEO. But now I've learned to understand that we should be only working in our skill sets. Um, And I used to be scared that I won't keep my client happy. What would happen was I didn't keep my clients happy because I was failing to deliver a great solution. And when I say we, we had our team and I'm saying that as we, even though I wasn't always doing that work because I was the owner of the business and it's my responsibility to make sure that the work is delivered and that the work that's coming in is the work we should do. So it's not me saying that those people ever did anything wrong. It's saying my responsibility as the owner of the business is to take charge of that. And I will never sit there and blame one of my team members from the past for things that weren't accomplished to the skill level or the standard that was appropriate back then. Um, And so that goes on to the team side. Um, I think that as I grew a team, I think this is one of the hardest ones to talk about in lots of ways, is that I wanted to be a person who would keep my team happy all the time. And I had actually ironically run leadership around how to manage teams and then when you have your own team it's very complicated Um, and just like being a parent parent expert before you become a parent Um, but I think one of the things is I had quite soft boundaries so like if someone needed something I would shift the boundary and make it easier but sometimes I couldn't do that because we were delivering something and I'd come down firmer and they'd be like hang on a minute but last time you're soft and that creates an instability it makes people feel very unsafe um, I also felt like um, I had actually did have a couple of, of team members who actually just rolled straight over me and I almost in a bullying situation and I've never talked about it and, and I was very embarrassed about it for a long time. But there was a time where I was actually almost too scared to come to work. In fact, there was a time where I took a couple of weeks not coming into work because of a situation that was going on in a work environment where I was too scared to walk into my own business. 
And that was not because they were awful. That's because as a people pleaser, I wasn't creating um, solid, secure boundaries of behavior, of expectancy, of how things were, which means if that's not happening, someone else is going to do it in the team. So again, I'm not blaming those people. I'm saying that as a people pleaser building a team, it was very hard for me to be consistent. Um, ironically, as a mother, I am not. I am a little bit like that too. Um, you know, I can I can go and, but I've managed to manage my kids somehow. I've managed to be incredible regardless. But it's different with teams, and I think that's really important. Um, I wanted to please them around things. I would, um, you know, help move things and help things happen and say yes to stuff that we couldn't afford or yes to stuff that we shouldn't be doing because I wanted them to be happy. And it wasn't what I've learned is that it has to be the business owner first, the business first, making sure that that is solid first before you start doing all this other movement for teams. Because if the money's not coming in, if the sales are not coming in, if the marketing's not working, and you're giving all those allowances there, and like not just money, but just movement there, you're not creating a safe bedrock for those people. And in the end, we had to make people redundant because we had that problem. And I think that that's one of the key things is that, you know, um, with people pleasing is it's about soft boundaries and it's about not having consistent boundaries that make people feel safe, whether they're your clients, they're your team, um, your colleagues or anyone else that you're interacting with. Um, and it's those relational boundaries make things really hard. Um, and then I guess I found for me, I found that I was also quite resentful. Um, I would find that I was working quite long hours. Um, I talk about being a martyr and I definitely had done that. I was working long hours, weekends, and I was missing out stuff I really liked. In fact, I didn't even know what I liked anymore because my whole life had become about work because I was all get up. Um, and this had been going on for years. Like when I was a freelance writer, I'd have editors who'd ring me at nine o'clock on a Sunday morning saying, hey, someone's let me down. Can you write something? I'd have planned stuff with my kids. I'd just drop that and I would just go and do it because I did not want to make the editor unhappy with me. Um, and so I had very poor boundaries around those sort of things. And I think one of the things that we can do if we are people pleasers is putting boundaries around our work, taking the weekends off unless you're open on a weekend, taking your nights off, feeling okay about taking a morning to go and do something that's not work-related, one of the biggest things this year for me is understanding. And it was so great because, um, you know, we've got um, coming up, we've got a great, a great little, oh, we've just had Jade um, talk about, you know, that friction around um, in the previous episode around the friction around mothering and, and working. And one of the biggest things for me to realize this year, and really it has only been this year, um, a little bit from last year, is that, my work life and my home life, my homework life, like all the stuff you got to do at home, they are equal. And so sometimes I might take an afternoon off to do all the grocery sorting out and managing stuff and things like that. If I haven't got someone, I'm not currently paying someone to do those things to make life easier for the work life. And I think that that's one of the biggest things is I was so worried that I had to show myself as this professional business person who was always on in this hustle and yet that was breaking me and making it really hard. And I think the biggest thing I learned from being a people pleaser was when you're coming out of it is you have to find out what is it that you like doing? What do you like to do? What is your best stuff? What do you want to do? 
What do you want to drop? What things don't you want to do? And when I started asking myself those questions, which we did five years ago, four or five years ago, that completely revolutionized our business. It meant that we had to rebuild a whole lot of stuff. But from that moment, I started understanding that I got to choose. This was my business and I got to choose exactly how I wanted this business to be for me. And every year it gets close to that. But you know what? I did not know the answer right away. And it's getting closer and closer to what that answer is now. I know that even a couple of years ago, I had things in my heart of things I really wanted to be able to do in this business that I was too scared to articulate because it sounded like it was too self-indulgent for me to want to even have the stuff that I really want to do for people. And this is broken because when we're doing the things that we love doing that really light us up. And we put boundaries around our life to allow that to happen, that people will respect, then that helps us to be the best gift that we are. We are a gift to the planet. Each one of us is a gift to the planet. And so I think that's been really helpful to me to understand that letting go of people pleasing has helped me slowly grow a much healthier business. It's helped us to attract the right clients for us. I'm not going to say better. And so the right clients for us, it's helped us price ourselves in a more, a better place. It's profitable where I fit right and where I'm confident to say things. And that changes, that price changes all the time. Just a little thing on pricing. If you ever, when you're giving a price, think that's too cheap, put the price up the second time around, like to someone else, because that's a sign that you're starting to see that value. And it's really important. Um, I've got a team of people who I adore working with and I connect and there's just none of those angsts. Um, I've got boundaries around my time and I think that's really important. Um, I have a team day on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are client days. Thursday is a half client coaching day and kind of a bit of marketing admin day. And Friday is my podcast admin day. And some of those days shift and change. Sometimes there's a client who goes, I can only see you on a Monday and we'll make that happen. But those are there. And one of the things we've added in this year, not when they're in lockdown, is Rod and I both also take a half day a week separately to go and do something that feeds our soul. I still work quite often on a Saturday out of choice. Um, but I don't work weekends and I don't have that. And I think it's really important to go, what does your life look like? And it can evolve and change, but you have to move out of the people-pleasing space first. People-pleasing feels like it's the right thing to do because it's serving. People-pleasing feels like it's the right thing to do because you're making everyone happy. But you have to start with what makes me happy inside? What is the gift I have to give? And build a life and a business of boundaries that make that happen from pricing to what the offer is, to your boundaries around your schedule and your time, to who you have in your life, the clients you say yes to, the team that you bring on, the behaviors you accept, the behaviors you don't accept, and making sure through all of that, that you are staying true to your values, even if it means stepping away from people that you care about. That to me is what I would say to anyone who struggles with people pleasing is there is so much goodness on the other side when you don't. I regret the decades I spent trying to slot myself into someone else's square hole when I'm a round hole when I'm a square. I am such a square. But I regret that because 
it left me not knowing who I was. It left me not knowing what my strengths were. And I'm so glad I found the other side. So if you're scared, if you're going, I'm scared what will happen, you will potentially lose clients, you might lose friends, you might lose people who, um, you know, people that are going to say you're too expensive now. But on the other side of that is you're going to have people who value your time, who love hanging out with you, who value what you do, who build you up and, and make the person that you are inside be more of who they are. And yeah. I hope that you will understand that these are my lessons of a reformed people pleaser and take some learnings from it. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I'm going to share with you a couple of things that I did when I first realized I had to change. But before I do that, I would love it if you come and be part of our Mapit Marketing group on Facebook. I know I say that quite a few times. And I'd also really love it if you took some time today to put a little review or give me some feedback around how you're finding this podcast. You know, we're almost six months in. I want to make sure that this podcast is serving you. So if you've got ideas or things that you think that I'm not really hitting the nail on the head or that you think I should improve on, or you just want to give me some feedback of things you want more of, I would love to hear from you. You can comment on the podcast posts or just flick me an email and and I'll listen to it um, and read it. And I promise you, I'll take whatever you take in there in balance and listen to it, whatever the advice, even if it's horrible. Right. um, You know, people pleasing me. Right. Let's just talk about a few things. So obviously, as a people pleaser, I was really out of alignment. So here's some things that I did to fix that a lot. One of the first things is, is I cut out a lot of people in my life who made me mess up my equilibrium. Now, I am not a fan of the word toxic people because I truly believe that one person's toxic person is another person's best friend. Often there's just people that cause reactions into us. And sometimes it's just that the personality clash or difference is one that brings the worst out in people. So I started to filter the people around me and really stopped having people around me who didn't allow me to have the space in my head to work out what my center was and allow myself to be confident enough to speak my mind. That really dramatically smoothed my circle and made it quite small because I was a pretty weak boundaried person then, I've got to say. That doesn't mean that the people I cut out aren't nice people. I want to really clarify that. I don't see people as nasty and and awful. Well, okay, maybe there's a couple of people I do, but majority of the time I don't see that. I just focus on people that fit with me and make my gut feel good, I guess, and make me feel good and and bring out who I am the best and everyone else isn't in that close inner circle. The second thing I did is I also unfollowed people that made me feel uncomfortable on social media as well. Again, not because there's anything wrong with them, but anyone that just kind of didn't gel with me, I also did that. And then the other thing I did is I talked to people close to me and started talking about how I was going to practice speaking my needs and saying things more clearly. And I they gave me the space and help to do that. You have to have people around you who allow you to feel safe to do that when you are a people pleaser because you will yin and yang and go up and down with it for quite some time before you manage to get this right. And I think for those of you who've listened to the podcast and gone, oh, there's quite a few things in here that relate to me, that really helped me create some very strong boundaries. You know, several years down the track now, 
there are areas in my life where I can immediately say no or yes to something with confidence because I know where my limits, my boundaries are. Okay, let's lighten this up again a little bit. So next week, I have got a great guest for you. Her name is Kat, and she owns a business called Getting Lost. And my favorite thing about that is she started the business because she was wanting (laughs) to say get lost to somebody. Um, So her business is called Getting Lost. It's a beautiful story about her and her um, husband and their blended family and how they've built this business and how it got into America and selling into America. It's a cool wee story to tell you. She's an amazing guest. So tune in for that. It's a lovely, inspiring story about what you can do, even if you start a business in a rage. Until then, have a great week. And stop that, people, please. Thanks for tuning in today to Map It Marketing with me, Rachel Claver. Make sure you hit subscribe in your podcast app so you don't miss an episode. And if you want notes or information about today's podcast, go to rachelclaver.com slash podcast for more information.